You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. a series right now. We launched at the start of 2024 into a series called Overcome. And we are in week six of our series. And uh, has anyone else been enjoying this series, been blessed by what God has been saying to them through this series? I don't know about you, but uh, we are 42 days into 2024. And I have been so thankful on multiple occasions, even in the 42 days of this year. I'm thankful for the way that the Word of God through this series has spoken into my life. There is stuff that I've been feeling, stuff that I've been facing, that I've been thankful to be able to sit here listening to different people bring incredible messages, open up the Word of God that's helped us with this whole idea of overcome. And so I'm thankful that we get to explore this kind of journey together uh, through this series. And and here's the thing that's been really important for us to, to grasp in this series, that overcome is not just something we do as believers, it's who we are. And we've been emphasizing that over the last few weeks that yes, we can overcome because of Christ, but actually it's not just something that we do, it's part of our identity. It's who we are in Christ. And so we've been rooting ourselves in this verse in 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to go back to 1 John a little bit later on this morning, but 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 is where we rooted ourselves at the start of this series. It says this, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so we've been rooting ourselves in this passage of Scripture, and if you haven't got one of those mini posters that we were giving out in the first few weeks, I think they're still still available um, at the info point because it's so important that we take the Word of God, that we plaster it around our homes, we stick it on our phones, that it's a reminder to us that when we're talking about this idea of overcoming, overcoming is not about our, it's not about our ability, it's about our identity and our inheritance as children of God. That when we come into a relationship with God, when we come into the family of God, the Bible tells us that we are sons and daughters, that we are inherited, that we adopted into the family of God. And therefore, as people who are living in Christ, part of our identity and our inheritance is this ability to overcome. It's not based on whether you're good enough, strong enough, wise enough, been to church enough times, clocked in your registration card, got some sort of loyalty card system going on. It's about who we are in Christ Jesus. It's our identity that we are overcomers. Now, some of you will have seen on social media the last few weeks, if, if, if we are friends, you might have seen an alternative version of me available on social media because apparently there's a profile going around of a fake Ben Dowding. So they didn't hack my account, I still have my, but they've cloned my account, taken some of my pictures and thought, he looks like a good looking guy, he's worth emulating online. And so there's a new profile added that's available to you right now. Some of you are friends with the fake Ben Dowding. I would suggest you delete and report this person. Uh, And I'm taking it as a bit of a compliment for the digital age. Like, you know, when, when somebody, you've been spending time with somebody and then they've bought the same jacket that you own and you are, you say, I, I see what you did there. Yeah, you liked my style and you copied it. I, they thought that about my face. 
so they've, they've thought, he's a good-looking guy. He's looked like he's... And so there's this, this fake profile going around uh, about me. And apparently... For those of you who have engaged with the conversations where they've been adding you into the messenger on Facebook, I'm starting my own program on CNN. That's right. I'm going international. I'm starting my own program, but I need your help in funding my new channel. So if you can donate generously to the cause, and if you have given, um, don't. If you want to give money, just come to me direct. That's always fine. I'll put it in the offering, even better. Uh, but I'm not starting, as far as I know, my own program on CNN, despite what this, this guy on Facebook has been telling some of you. But here's the thing. When I found that, uh, that my identity was being used in other places, it didn't make me question my own identity. When I saw this profile come up on Facebook, I didn't go, what if I've been wrong all this time? What if I am an international news officiado who just needs money to be able to start a profile? It didn't make me insecure in my identity. It didn't make me anxious about who I am because I'm secure that I know who I am. But just because something fake has come out doesn't make me question my own identity because I'm, I'm secure in my identity. I, I know who I am. And the same can be true for us. That There will always be stuff that we face, stuff that we feel, stuff that we go through, stuff that is thrown at us in our lives. But it doesn't need to cause this insecurity security and this anxiety when we know who we are in Christ, that I am an overcomer. It's not just something I feel, it's who I am in Christ, that our identity and our inheritance comes from knowing who we are in Christ. And so we've been unpacking that over the last few weeks. If you've missed any of the messages, all of them are available on the podcast now. We've got a couple more to go, I believe. Pastor Ed Wimbo is here next Sunday to deliver a message. We're excited about that. He's preaching it this morning in Penrith. And they're all available on the podcast. But this morning, I want us to dig into a verse in Scripture that has come up a number of times already in this series. It's been referenced on a number of occasions, but I think it's worthy of some more focus. It's worthy of some more attention. And it's one of those Scriptures that many of you will be familiar with, and we quote the kind of the final line, which is like, if you like, the catchphrase line, and it's been thrown out a couple of times even over this series. The final verse of the passage in verse 4 is the catchy part where it says, Greater is he that is in you, than he that is in the world. It's one of those verses that we know that we know, but we didn't know that we knew it. Like, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It kind of flows out. You know, it's one of those memories that's buried at the back of your mind, like some 90s pop theme or some TV show. And when it pops up on Instagram, you're like, I forgot that I know every word of that song. It's just been buried somewhere in the recesses of my brain. And for some of you, that verse is a little bit like that. You didn't know that you knew it, but you do know it. It's like the lyrics to Saved by the Bell. You didn't think you know them until you heard that bell start to play. And then right there. Every word, not skipped a beat in 35 years. Greater is he that is in you, I'm not doing it, than he that is in the world. I was about to do it, I'm not going to do it. So, let's read it in its context. I want to read to you 1 John, from 1 John chapter 4, from verse 1. So, we were looking before that verse that we've kind of captured as part of this series, Who Is It That Overcomes? That's from the same epistle of John in chapter 5. This is in chapter 4. I'm going to read it from verse 1, and we're reading from the New Living Translation this morning. It says, Dear friends, do not believe anyone, do not believe everyone, sorry, who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets 
in this world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming into this world and indeed is already here. Verse 4, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. So we, we kind of know that last part, greater is he, greater is the one that is in us than he that is in the world. But there's so much more to, to the Apostle John's teaching in this verse that I want us to get our heads around this morning so that we can truly understand the authority that we have in our identity in Christ. Because if we understand our identity and we understand the authority of God in our lives, it helps us, it equips us, it empowers us with all of those obstacles that we might face, with all of that stuff that comes up in our lives. Now, it's been almost 2,000 years since this letter was written to the early church. And we would love to think that in 2,000 years, we've moved on quite a bit. Like, this is the modern age now. We've got modern technology. We're surely, we, we've moved on from these things. We've got, we've got robot hoovers, and we've got artificial intelligence. We've got air fryers, and we've got electric cars. We've moved on. We're a modern church now. We're a modern people. And yet, somehow, we have come a long way. And in other ways, we haven't come that far at all. Because when we study passages of Scripture like this, we realize that some of the same problems that the church was navigating in AD 95 when this letter was written, we still struggle with today. And there's something comforting about that, I think. Because although we have advanced and we have matured and we have modernized in many areas, actually some of the spiritual wrestles that we have, people were still wrestling with almost 2,000 years ago. So we're in good company this morning. And it means that when we learn from these scriptures, we can excel and we can advance just like the early church did. That in our discipleship journeys, that we can continue to grow and develop from what the Word of God says to us. So because of the struggles that they were facing in the early church, the Apostle John felt like he had to write this letter. And we read a number of letters, not quite as many as Paul, but we read a number of books in the New Testament that were written by the Apostle John. And these, this letter was written, this is the first of the three short letters John writes, and we read them towards the end of the New Testament. And in this first letter, John was writing to the church to help bring them some instruction and some, in gui and some guidance because some stuff had started to creep into the church that was potentially distracting them and taking them away from the authentic relationship with God that we each want. We all desire not just to have a fake relationship with God, not just to have a Sunday relationship with God, but an authentic personal encounter with God. And John was saying, hey, there's some stuff that's coming in that could distract you from these things, so, so let me bring you some encouragement. Let me bring you some direction. And so when Paul writes this letter, what he was warning us about, he was warning the church then and I think today, is that John was warning them about people and practices that are spiritual, but with a small s. Spiritual with a small s. There are things in our world that present themselves of, oh, this is going to be a help to you. This is spiritual. But actually, when we're looking for something authentic, when we're looking for something with authority, there's nothing about that in some of the things that we encounter in this world that are spiritual with a small s. There are lots of things that present themselves as something that seems important 
or seems like it might be powerful or seems like it might be something that could help you or guide you or something that could help to make a difference in your life. And, and John was warning us that not, our, not everything that presents itself like that is authentic to a relationship with Jesus. The thing that's most important for us is an authentic encounter with God. And he's saying, hey, there's some stuff in this world that actually tries to present itself like a God, but at best it might distract you, at worst it could deceive you and take you away from what God's best is for your life. And so he's saying you need to be warned about these things that could actually distract you and deceive you and, and, and fool you into following something that isn't an authentic encounter with the living God. And that's what we want for our lives. That's what we want for our, our church. See, the power to overcome is found through an authentic relationship with Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where the power to overcome from. It's our identity in Christ, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. So when we read verses like this, it's important for us to remember who's writing these words. This is John, as in the Apostle John, as in John who wrote the Gospel of John. This is John who was what the brother of James who together had been called in some seasons the Sons of Thunder, which is just a brilliant nickname. Sounds like a WWE wrestling team from the 90s, the Sons of Thunder. They had left, we read about the account where they, one of the first apostles, uh, the first disciples to leave behind their father's fishing boat and to go and to follow Jesus. And so this is John and John's opinion is somebody that we can trust because he knew Jesus. In case you didn't know this, and this is new information for you, not everybody who provides you their opinion is worth listening to. We live in a world where everybody's got an opinion to share, and if they're broadcasting it loudly on Facebook, it's probably not an opinion that you should be paying that much attention to. Just because somebody's opinion is shared with you doesn't mean it has to be taken on board. And so there's wisdom in, in discerning who is the right person to listen to in, in any situation and, and circumstance. But when we go to the words of John and we want him to learn about a relationship with Jesus, John is worth listening to because John knew Jesus. Even more than we read, there's some incredible teaching, and I love the Apostle Paul, but he hadn't had a personal encounter, other than that on the, on the road, that Paul hadn't had a personal relationship, let's say it that way, with Jesus. But John did. John had spent time with Jesus. John had spent time listening and sitting at the feet of, of Jesus as his rabbi to receive the teaching and the instruction. He'd walked with him on those dusty streets through the Middle East. He'd been there, present in some of those miracle moments that we read about in Scripture. We read in John 13 that when they're reclining at the table after a meal, it's John that sat next to Jesus and he leans on the shoulder of Jesus. John knew Jesus personally. And so he knows what it means to have an authentic encounter with the living God. And he's writing to the church to warn them, to say, hey, there's some stuff that you're listening to. There's some practices that you're getting involved in that are spiritual, but not with a capital S. Because he knew Jesus and he knew God's desire for us to be in relationship with him. See, some things will present themselves to you with, as answers, but they've got no authority. Somebody who shares their opinion with you, something that you think is going to be uplifting. It, it, it looks like an answer, but where's the authority? Where's the power that's available? Not everybody's opinion is worth listening to. Opinions and, and preferences and, and, and the cultural kind of popular things of the day can play a part in their lives, but they don't always have any power. 
And I want power in my life. I want to know the authentic, powerful truth. Not everything that's trending is truth. But I want something that's truth in my life. I want something that's unshakable. I want something that doesn't change with the popular opinions of the day, but something that has power in my life. We need the Holy Spirit power in our lives, the spirit of truth to be at work within our lives if we're ever going to live as overcomers. So let's go back to that verse. Let's jump into verse 3 of 1 John chapter 4. But every spirit that does, does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. At the NIV translation of verse 4, which we often quote, says it this way. You have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You know, we're all going to face sometimes... Um, trials and tests and, and, and difficult seasons that we, that we go through. It's, it's inevitable. And I love the way that Pete was leading us out of our worship this morning to say, yes, there will be these troubles that we have to overcome. How can we live as overcomers if there's never something that we have to overcome? So there's always going to be these bumps in the roads, some bigger than others. We all face circumstances that we would rather not walk through. And sometimes we walk through something that we feel like, maybe this is going to be the thing that, that breaks me. Maybe this is going to be the thing that, is, that pushes me over the edge. And even right now, maybe you're going through something that you're facing, that you're feeling, that it's, it's just zapped some of that strength that you did have. Say, oh, look, I'm, I'm getting through it, but I'm, but I'm not the same as I was because I've been affected by these things that I've walked through. And even maybe now, you've got stuff like that going on. John is teaching us that our ability to overcome those circumstances, that our ability to overcome those seasons and those, those difficulties that we walk through, our ability to overcome comes from the authority of the one that is at work within us. And there's only one that is at work within us. That's the power of God's Holy Spirit. And so our authority to overcome all of those obstacles and all of those emotions, and sometimes our emotions have taken a battering, and, and, and so we've, we've walked through something, and we're walking with a bit of a limp through the circumstance that we've walked through, and we can come out still affected by something, and yet internally, we still have the victory. Internally, we're still overcomers, because the authority to overcome didn't come from our, our physical strength or our emotional well-being. It came from our identity of who we are in God. That when we have that security in our identity, we have the authority to overcome because of he that is at work within us. It's that identity that gives us the authority. Some of you know our boy Asher who is um, serving in Cambodia at the moment with one of our missions partners as a church. And so he's serving in the, the school and the church over there and seeing God do some incredible things. And we love catching up with the stories of everything that's happening in Cambodia. It's close to our heart. And some of you will have seen, if you're friends with him online, he shared a video this week to Elevate, asked him occasionally to do a bit of a day in the life video, a bit of a snapshot of what's going on. And so uh, we shared it on Facebook or on Instagram, and, and it shows the kind of different bits and weird things that he's eating, and there's like chicken feet that they're having for breakfast that he was clearly not having, and, and these different things. And there's this clip that comes up as part of this day in the life video where he arrives at the, the church building where the school that he works in, it's a Christian school that's providing education for people in the in, in 
real poverty areas around there. And there's this, this clip that you see that I didn't know he has to do, that every day when he arrives in the building, he scans his thumbprint on this machine, and each of the teachers scan their thumbprint on the machine. It reads that they are the correct identity, and then once they've confirmed they have the right identity, it gives them access to the classrooms where they're about to go and teach their kids. And I thought, that's brilliant. If you don't have the right identity, you don't get the right access, and you can't have the right authority to be able to deliver teaching to these children that have been entrusted into your care. Well, our, our identity, if it's rooted in God, if our, our identity isn't based on, well, I feel good today, my bank balance is well today, all my relationships are in a line today, all my career plans are in place today, but when our identity is in, not in the things of this world, but our identity is in who we are in Christ, it gives us access and it gives us authority to everything that God has for us. It gives us the access to enter into the inheritance of everything that we have in Christ. Because it wasn't based on, it doesn't scan your thumbprint and say, yep, you've showed up out of 50 out of 52 Sundays. Not a perfect record, but not bad. You were in Malaga the other uh, two days and and we won't talk about what happened there. It doesn't base your thumbprint on how much you've given. It doesn't base your thumbprint on how many times you've read the Bible. And just because it says that on your Bible app that you've opened it that many times, you can open up the app and actually not read the scripture, but God really knows what we're reading. It's not based on any of our achievements. Our identity is not based on any of our ability. When we enter our thumbprint, if you like, in in the spiritual realm, it reads who we are in Christ that we are alive in Christ, that our identity is in him. And if our identity is in him, it gives us the access and it gives us the authority to be able to overcome every one of those challenges that we face. Because greater is the one that is in you than he that is in the world. The Apostle Paul said it this way, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. said, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So it says there was the spirit of God that has so much authority that it defeated the grave. That Holy Spirit power that we put our trust in is the same power that spoke and the world came into being in Genesis, that spoke and what was dead in a tomb came back to life. That same power that rose Christ from the grave is the power that is available to live in us. And so the paraphrase that we read of this scripture is that the same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you. It's available to you. It's in you. The same power that conquered the grave is the same Holy Spirit that is accessible to every one of us. That isn't available only to the exclusive and to the elite. That isn't reserved just for the people with perfect attendance and they can quote every one of every Bible verses that you might throw at them. It's available for all. The same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that the stuff that I face... I don't have to face alone. I'm thankful that I'm, when I'm walking through things that I don't know how to get through, I don't have to do it in my own strength. 
I'm thankful that when I'm, cons- when I'm consumed by something or I'm confused by something that's going on in my life, I don't have to figure it out all in my own strength. I'm thankful that God is available to me through the power of the Holy Spirit, that I don't have to do this in my own ability. I don't have to do it in my own authority. I'm thankful that when there are seasons and there are struggles that we go through, the same power that defeated death, the same power that conquered the grave, the same power that means that all authority in heaven on earth has been given is available to you and I through the Holy Spirit. The same power. So here's the question that's important for us to to ask. Because it's important for us to wrestle with those moments of inadequacy. It's important for us to wrestle with those moments of, I know what the Word of God says, but I know how I'm feeling right now. And the Bible isn't scared of those moments and those questions where you're like, I don't get this. I don't get what I'm feeling. So, so how does it work when, if the Word of God tells us that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world, and if the Bible tells us that the same Spirit of God that rose Christ from the grave is at work within me, why is it that sometimes I still struggle? Why is it that if the Word of God says, well, greater is he that is in me, why is it that sometimes we still face things that we feel like they might break us? Or that we feel like, I don't know if I can take another step along this journey because I, I just don't, can't see the way forward. I can't see how. I know that God says that he's going to work all things together for the good of those who love him, but I can't see how. Why is it that sometimes we struggle with those emotions, that we have these questions that, that consume us sometimes? And more importantly than why, how do we handle these moments? How do we get through those moments of, of, of anxiety or, or, or insecurity? How is it that we can navigate our way through an authentic relationship with God? And as I was praying and preparing just over the last couple of weeks for this message, I felt like God laid three words on my heart for us that can help us to overcome with authority. To navigate the realities of those feelings and those circumstances sometimes and yet come out the other side saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So there's three things I want us to look at this morning. Both, all three of these are principles, but there are also prayers that we can pray. Things that we can put into practice, but also practices of prayer that we can do on a daily basis to help us connect more with that authentic power of God through the Holy Spirit. Three things this morning. First is this. We need an awareness. Sometimes we can get so easily consumed with the circumstances that we're going through. And when we get consumed with the circumstances, we lose sight of who we are in Christ. We lose sight of God. We lose our awareness of God because we're so distracted by the stuff that we take our eyes off God. Come on, if that's true for me, it's probably true for some of you in this place. That we're facing something And we know deep down that we should be going to God in prayer, that we should be spending time, that we should be asking wisdom from somebody who's actually got something to say, not just something who's blasting it on Facebook. But we get so drawn in to the emotions of the situation or to the anger that we're facing or the hurt or the offense or or the the bitterness or whatever it might be. We get so consumed with the, the stuff. But in order to know the authority of God, we have to increase our awareness of our need for God. Because if we're honest, 
We're sometimes way too dependent on ourselves. I'm going to fix this. I know the answer. I know how to get out of this one. I know somebody that can help me in this situation. And it's good to have confidence in yourself. It's good to be surrounded by people. The Bible talks about being surrounded with, with wise counsel. That's good. But we need to be less aware of our own ability and more aware of our need and our desperate need for God's involvement in our lives. And if we're honest enough, even as senior, uh, seasoned Christians, sometimes we lack an awareness of God in our situations. Because we're so, trying to, so busy trying to do it in our own ability that we haven't gone to God and say, okay, God, you're the source of all authority. I'm coming to you first. And so we need to raise our awareness of our need for God. There's a great verse that many of you will know in, in John chapter 15 where it's talking about the vine and the branches. And in verse 5 it says, if you remain in me and I in you, and we're going to come on to the rest, and we're like, yeah, this is good. That if I remain in God, if I remain plugged into the source of God, then I'm going to find what I need, the peace that I need, the security that I need. That when we're plugged into the source, we find everything that we need for life and godliness. One Peter tells us, everything you need for life and godliness is found through our knowledge of him. And so there's great verses that tell us that everything we need is going to come from from God. And we like that part, but we don't like the reality of the rest of the verse. It says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. We're like, yes, please. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't like that part as much because we like to be something. We like to be, and that's where this kind of pride sometimes kicks in. But, but, but I, I like to have the answers. I like to fix something. I like to be able to do something about it. I like to be the provider. I like to be all of these things. We need an awareness, a greater awareness of our need for God, of our need for his power at work in our... If we go about thinking that we are enough, we'll always be in lack. You might be enough to do something, but you're never enough to do everything that we need. Everything we need for life and godliness is found through our knowledge of him. And so if we constantly try to do it in our own ability, in our own strength, and I'll fix this problem, I know what to do. It's good to have some of that grit and that resolve, but ultimately we need this greater awareness of I'm never enough on my own. God, I need you right now. I need you to intervene in this situation. I need your wisdom in this business transaction. I, I need your guidance in how I navigate these different seasons that I'm walking through. God, I need you right now. A prayer that I pray often in my own personal devotions, is based on the word of, of John the Baptist that we read about those times when, uh, right at the start of the Gospels, when the John, the, John the Baptist is there and he's, he's called to prepare the way for Jesus. He knows it's not about him. He's not the main event. He says, Jesus is coming. But there's these people who are really loyal to John the Baptist. And when Jesus comes, they're like, who's this Jesus? John, what are you going to do about this Jesus? And John says this great statement. He says, I must decrease and he must increase. And so he points all the attention towards Jesus. Another translation says, I must become less and he must become greater. It's a prayer that we can pray on a daily basis. God, I pray that today, as I go about whatever it is that I'm doing, in my army regiment, in my classroom, in my boardroom, in my wherever it is I find myself, God, I pray that I would become less and that you would become greater. That today wouldn't be about what Ben wants it wouldn't be about what Haley wants. It wouldn't be about what, what Tim wants. That my life, God, would not be about my desires, but my life would be devoted over to you. Because your ways are higher than my ways. And so, God, I want to increase my awareness of my need for you. It's a powerful principle to put into practice. It's a powerful prayer to pray. We need to increase our awareness of our need 
for God's power. And once we've raised our awareness of our need, then there has to be this acknowledgement that comes. We start with an awareness of I'm nothing without God. I've got nothing if, if I don't have him. That I must decrease, that I must become less. It starts in that place, but then if we're aware of our lack, we must also follow it with an acknowledgement of God's abundance, of God's authority, of God's power at work in our lives. That we acknowledge that all authority in heaven and on earth, Bible says, has been given to Jesus. That when we acknowledge, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 says, acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and he will make your paths straight. So we have to acknowledge that his ways are higher than our ways, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We must acknowledge that God's work with his power at work within us, he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. We must acknowledge that all things are possible for those who believe. And so our acknowledgement is not in our ability, but his authority. We're so aware of our lack, but we acknowledge his power and strength. We acknowledge his sovereignty at work in our lives. God, I don't understand what's going on right now. I don't understand why I'm facing these things, why I'm feeling these things, but I acknowledge that you are a sovereign God. That my world might feel like it's out of control, but I acknowledge, God, that your word tells us that you hold the whole world in the palm of your hands. And so there's something powerful about not just raising our awareness of lack, but acknowledging God's authority in our lives. That I must become less and that he must become greater. That we acknowledge that he has authority. Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? Starts with a question. Where am I going to get the help? Where am I going to get the strength? Where am I going to find the peace that I need? Where am I going to find the security in a time of uncertainty? Where am I going to find the strength in a time of weakness? Where am I going to find the guidance in a season where I feel completely lost? Where does my help come from? The psalmist writes, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Acknowledges the authority of God in in my life. Where does my help come from? Well, not me just balancing the books a little bit better. Well, not me just trying a little bit harder. Well, not me just kind of drink a a Red Bull and go again and I'll I'll be fine. Where does my help come from? Where's my guidance going to come from in my relationships in this season? Where's my wisdom going to come from in in my financial or my business decisions in this season? Where's the security going to come from because the job that I thought was secure fell through and the relationship that I thought was solid, well, that fell through. So where's my security come from? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We must acknowledge God's authority, but we also must acknowledge his presence. Because the Bible promises us that that same power that rose Christ from the grave is not only at work within us, that he is with us, that he's an ever-present help in time of need, that he's an omnipresent God, which means he never leaves us and never forsakes us. And there's something really powerful about acknowledging, God, you're with me right now. I might not feel it in the middle of this school classroom. I might not feel it in the middle of this business boardroom. I might not feel it in this middle of a field army exercise somewhere. I might not feel it, but God, I choose to acknowledge right now that your presence is with me. 
And let me tell you, that makes all the difference. Knowing that you're not alone in what you're feeling and what you're facing. But acknowledging the presence of God with you shifts something in our perspective. Because we know that if he's there, he's able to move. If he's present, he's able to heal. If he's present, he's able to bring comfort. If he's present, he's able to bring wisdom and, and revelation to us. And if we're honest, sometimes we have those moments where, where we feel far from God. We feel so distant from God. And if we believe the Bible to be true, which we do, then when we feel those things, that's on us. Because when Jesus promised and spoke to us about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, he was preparing the disciples who were, who were used to having God physically with them, that Jesus was right there. And he was trying to say to them, hey, look, I'm not always going to be here it won't always be like this, but you won't be alone because it's when I go, the Father will send an, another helper, another comforter to be with you, the Holy Spirit. And he says of the Holy Spirit that he will be with you forever. And so if we believe Jesus to be true, that he promised us that the Holy Spirit would be with us forever, in the moments where we feel distant and we feel far from God, that's on me and that's on you that we distanced ourselves from God and we stopped acknowledging the presence of God with us. But the Bible promises us he will never leave us nor forsake us. Psalm 129 verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where could I go from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If we want more of the power of God, we have to acknowledge more of the presence of God with us. That he's not a far off God. He's great and he's almighty, but he's a close and personal God. And so we must acknowledge his presence. And the third thing really simply, but really powerfully is simply to ask. That we're aware of our inadequacies. We're aware sometimes of our stupidity. We're aware of our need for God. We acknowledge his authority. We acknowledge that his presence is with us. And then simply the Bible tells us to ask. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Ask God, would you fill me again with your power? When Paul writes to the Ephesians in chapter 5 and he talks about being filled with the Spirit, he uses a, a continual term. It doesn't say be filled, that's it, one and only. He says be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we can always ask, say, God... I need more of you. I need more of your presence. I need more of your power at work within me. And God, I recognize that that comes from the filling of your Holy Spirit. Jesus taught it this way in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more? There's always more. And how much more will God pour out on those who don't try and do it in their own strength, who don't just recognize, and, and even those who don't just come to church, but with a small S of, I show up because it's the right thing to do. It's, it's routine. I, I go to church. Yeah, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but we can be spiritual even in church with a small S. And John warned us about that, about doing things out of, out of our own ability or about the authority of something else. But to come under the authority of God says, God, I want to make myself available to be filled afresh with your spirit. How much more Will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? James chapter 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So why don't we stand this morning?
in the presence of God right here in this room. Why don't we just take a moment and stand. And as we stand, let's just close our eyes. And take a moment to put these words into a prayer this morning. And you can start to pray with whatever words you want to use. But I'm going to use these three things that God dropped into my heart for us. God, I'm aware this morning that I'm not enough on my own. God, I'm aware that I face certain things and feel certain things, but I'm aware that what I need is no other source but you. And so I acknowledge this morning your authority in my life. God, I acknowledge your ways are higher than our ways. That God, sometimes I try to do things in my own strength, but God, my strength is not what I need. It's your spirit that I need. And so God, I acknowledge your lordship in my life. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. And I ask this morning for more of your Holy Spirit. For a fresh filling of your power this morning. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.